Japan by River Cruise is made possible thanks to those who donate to the show at japanbyrivercruise.com and thanks to the generosity of our corporate sponsors. This week we have a sponsored message from Water. You may have read the shocking news headlines that 100% of River Cruise-related drownings in 2019 involved water being ingested by the victims. But please don't let these statistics put you off enjoying water in moderation. Experts say that as long as you don't drink so much that your lungs get flooded, water can actually be very good for you. So this week, to remind you of this fact, we invite you to take part in the Japan by River Cruise Water Challenge. Before you listen to this episode, why not drink a glass of water to remind you that you actually feel better after drinking a glass of water? I'll invite you to pause the episode now and return once you've drunk a glass of water. Welcome back. Now, relax your shoulders. That's it. Unclench your jaw. See, didn't even realise you were clenching it. And enjoy the podcast. Water. It only very rarely kills you. Hello, Brian, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. And joining us this week is Tsuita de Wadaino, Japanese language teacher Akiko Suzuki, a highly sought-after online teacher who runs our favorite Japanese learning Twitter account and hosts a podcast with almost no quality control when it comes to choosing guests. Akko, thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. What does that mean? On this week's show, we'll talk about Yasashi Nihongo. Japan's easy-to-understand Japanese initiative is in the spotlight for its recent use in disseminating disaster and corona prevention information to foreigners. But how effective is it as a communication and teaching strategy? We'll talk to Akko about how Ali and I would rather die in a typhoon than admit that it helps when Japanese people talk to us like we're dumb. Plus, Ali's got your weekly river cruise recommendation. Ali? Yes, Bobby. This week's recommendation is the Tamagawa River Cruise, which runs from Tokyo into Kanagawa and literally just gets better as it goes. That's because it's ranked as the 1,782nd best attraction on TripAdvisor as a Tokyo attraction, but ranks in the top three for attractions in Kanagawa. In fact, it's number one, number two being the boathouse, number three being the gift shop. We will ask some hard philosophical questions about the highly relative nature of quality, why lists don't matter, and also do an angry roundup of the best of Japan-based podcast lists that we didn't make this month. Plus, later in the show, Shinjuku's Kanda River BDSM River Cruise is in trouble for allegedly not following corona prevention guidelines. We'll talk to the owner, Mistress Hiroko, about why she thinks she should be allowed to check the passenger's body temperatures using rectal thermometers. But first, Soap Talk. Akko, I started following you on Twitter because I really enjoyed your Japanese vocabulary lists that you post related to a certain news story or a certain theme. That's weird, Bobby. I thought you knew all the words. What used to you have for that? I've learned a lot of great words from Akko, like deshabaria or medachitagaria. Akko, what does that mean, please? Medachitagaria or deshabaria, you really want to 
appear yeah. or somewhere. Uh, but you don't really need to. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be seen, but there's no need for you to be seen. But while following you on Twitter, I've noticed that uh, you've kind of taken the opportunity of the pandemic to reinvent your teaching style. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, before COVID, uh, I didn't have any online lessons. But from March, uh, I switched all lessons to online lessons. And since that, I started uh, YouTube, uh, online lessons, and podcast too. And all of it looks very, very successful. Oh, Ali's been so incredibly jealous. I know. I mean, she's basically completed the COVID point card. All she needs to do is sh show us a sourdough loaf. And that's it. She's done it. <laughs> Thank you. Ali's been upset that the podcast's official Twitter account now has more followers than he does. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My own podcast is doing better than me. <laughs> Speaking of your podcast, our very own Ali Horn was a guest on your podcast, and I noticed that you guys were speaking in Yasashi Nihongo because it's a great tool for learning, and it's also all that Ali is capable of. Uh, and I think that will... <laughs> That'll be a good place for us to get into the news this week. But before we do, we did get a mail this week. Okay. We received a mail from the OG Brian, the OB, Brian in Fukuoka. He writes, hey guys, it's nice to have you back. While you were gone, I tried to give those two guys from Ibaraki a chance, but I don't think it's going to work out. I loved your discussion about sugar this week, but what really caught my ear was Bobby's tissue story. Fascinating. Uh, just to explain that, in case you missed it, when he says those guys from Ibaraki, he must be talking about the two gentlemen who run the Kujigawa Shovel Your Own Coal Steamboat that we introduced a few weeks back. Uh, by the way, we agree that it probably won't work out for those guys because what they're doing is basically just a lot of hot air, and yet, somehow at the same time, not nearly enough hot air. Also, as to the tissue discussion, we're glad that it caught your ear, but in terms of the specific use that we mentioned, you'd probably be better off applying them to your chin. And with that, let's take a look at the news. Bobby Judo, what's in the news this week? This week, we'd like to talk to Akko about Yasashi Nihongo, which the government is encouraging uh, Japanese people to use. And it's been in the news a little bit because of the way it's been used to get information out to foreigners and because of a new word plugin that's been developed that uses it. Akko, can you tell us what is Yasashi Nihongo? Yeah, so Yasashi Nihongo. Nihongo means Japanese language, and Yasashi is a Japanese adjective, and it has two meanings. One is uh, kind, and second one is uh, simple or easy. So Yasashi Nihongo is a simple and easy and kind language. Uh, and so of these two meanings, which meaning do you think is actually used when uh, the, the word... Yasashi Nihongo is used. Is it like, we're being kind, almost like a kind of a patronizing kind of, haha, we're being nice to you. You never ask for it, but we are. Uh, or is it like, just, does it just mean simple? Uh, I think 50% because Yasashi has two kanji, mm. but they don't use kanji. And Yasashi, for Yasashi Nihongo, they always use hiragana instead of kanji. Right. So they don't want to make it specific. So easy mm. or kind. So 50% or maybe people can 
Yeah. People, people can work themselves whether yeah. to be insulted. <laughs> it's definitely double meaning. They're using both the meanings. Like, let's be kind to the simple foreigners. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but apparently this has been around since like 1995. Uh, I don't know, because of, or it's a disaster. Ask okay. Craig, right? Oh, really? I don't know. Oh, 1995 is, is well, behind, well before my time. I, I, pre- I presume that's the, the Kobe earthquake, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm, How because of that. Mm, because of that, so they started Yasashi Nihongo. But to be honest, I didn't know the word Yasashi Nihongo until maybe five or six years ago. So Yasashi Nihongo was not so popular uh, until recently. But recently, mm-hmm. it's so popular. And some companies have uh, training for Japanese employees too for learning learning yasashi nihongo yeah uh i first heard about it i think two years back when love fm started doing some of their japanese language news in yasashi nihongo i think piano man daryl is the uh is the dj for that he presents yasashi nihongo very simple japanese and also um there was some like nhk itere audition that i went in for that that they wanted a foreigner to help teach yasashi nihongo and they had me try to speak in the simplest japanese that i could think of dude you should have called me i would have helped you out <laughs> but but i think one of the issues that we've already identified with yasashi nihongo is that people like ali and myself tend to respond to it as though we feel like it's a little bit patronizing but we're not the target audience for it. Yasashi Nihongo is aimed at non-English speaking foreigners. So foreigners who either don't have the level of Japanese proficiency or a level of English proficiency to be able to understand the English or Japanese disaster warnings and things like that. Right, because typically the warnings are bilingual. And actually, in some cases now, they're quadrilingual, aren't they? They'll also have a, a Chinese and a Korean text. But yeah, certainly it doesn't go much further than that. Yeah, but if you're like a Nepalese exchange student or or Turkish or Kurdish or something like that, and you've just gotten over here and you don't speak English, I think it could be a good tool. Um, but in terms of using it as a teaching strategy, Akosan, how do you how do you incorporate Yasashi Nihongo into teaching? Actually, so for learners of Japanese, so for people learning Japanese as a second language, or they start learning Japanese with Yasashi Nihongo anyway. I think I had the sense that Yasashi Nihongo was using super basic vocabulary or like really dumbing down everything that you could possibly simplify to help foreigners understand. And what it seems to me when I looked into these articles that are, are talking about the way it's being used is that it's just focusing more on explaining words that are potentially new. So even when Ali did your show, I noticed that anytime there was a specific vocab word in Japanese that you suspected your listeners might never have heard before, you took the time to stop and explain what that word meant. Like, what is manzai? What is mandan? And you do that explanation in Japanese, which I think is a great, a great tool for helping people deepen their comprehension in a language. Mm, yeah, I think so. So the first point is that so make each word or so instead of just saying a word, you explain the explanation about the word. Or maybe you can change or uh, kego the formal language to the casual one 
or or for example so there are some very difficult grammars in Japanese like passive or causative causative passive or something like that so you should change those grammars to the simple sentence so yeah. there are some point or ways like for super to... polite Japanese you might say to somebody donasaimashita donasaimashita ka which is it just means what happened but a, a beginner level Japanese student would not understand that they would understand doshita which is what happened with the verb sudo right Actually, i think there are kind of three levels of Japanese politeness mm. the first one is uh, what you said the super polite one so like do nasaimashita or very formal one. So you use the formal one in a business situation mm -hmm. or when you talk with strangers or something like that. And the next one is yasashi nihongo, so middle one. Mm -hmm. And the third one is casual Japanese. And casual Japanese is used when you talk with your friends or family. Right. And I think Japanese people often use uh, the first one and the third one. So very polite one and the very casual one. People often think casual one is easy. But actually, the casual conversation is quite difficult, I think. Yes, I, I, I actually agree with you that I think that conversely for a foreign learner, sometimes keigo can be easier because you've learned the patterns. So even mm. though I couldn't necessarily say myself, uh, or misiagare desu ka, or I, I don't even know, you know, whatever the restaurant person says to you, I can at least uh, recognize it and understand, well, that at that point in the conversation, I have to say, hi, koko de tabemasu, right? And so conversely, if they try to simplify that and take me out of the pattern that I was expecting, it becomes a lot harder. Right. Mm. And in English too, for me, uh, on Twitter, I'm not sure what uh, people are talking about in English. So it's very difficult or to understand casual conversation, I think. Oh, man, I would enjoy Twitter so much more if I didn't <laughs> understand what people were talking about in English. <laughs> so, so what I like about Yasashi Nihongo is that it's a teaching method and a communication method that doesn't rely on a dictionary. And a lot of times when I'm in a conversation with somebody and I hear a word that I don't understand, I'll go, like, like, for example, if I got an emergency evacuation warning and the word was hinan, and I would go, I don't know what hinan means. What does hinan mean? And if I asked somebody, they might go, oh, I don't know what that word means in English. Oh, I don't have a dictionary. Oh, let me try to look up hinan on my phone or something like that. Whereas as a learner, it's so much better if they would go, hinan means to escape or to run away in Japanese. If they would say, something like that where you get an explanation in Japanese that reinforces Japanese comprehension as you get the meaning. And I feel like that's really a huge part of the focus of Yasashi Nihongo. Mm, I agree with your idea. Yeah, so for Japanese people, if you don't know, for example, the word hina, yeah, people think, oh, I have to translate the word to right. English. But it doesn't need, right? So if I can explain in simple Japanese, it's so helpful. So yeah, yeah, it's a good point, I think. 
one of these news articles uh, that we'll link in the show notes was about um, the introduction of how they were using uh, Yasashi Nihongo and how they were changing certain expressions. And there was one that I found just amazing. I'll give you the Yasashi Nihongo version that they used to explain a certain phrase. The Yasashi Nihongo, and I'll translate it, but it's a place where older people can spend the afternoon or the daytime and receive the care that they need. Mr. Donut. (laughs) (laughs) So this is... (laughs) That, that I think it counts technically as one of those places. But in Japanese, <laughs> this is a Otoshi yori ga hiruma o sugosu seikatsu ni hitsuyo na seiwa o ukeru basho, ukeru tokoro. And that's how they chose to change and explain the phrase day service. <laughs> just, day service is the English words in Japanese, and they've given this like long Japanese explanation of it. But I, st- I still see how this works, and this is a good teaching tool. It's also nice, I think, for people that are visiting Japan. Because the first time that I was aware of Yasashi Nihongo was when I was in Dazaifu, which is a, a tourist hotspot. And there were people in the shops wearing badges saying, Watashi wa, this is all in hiragana, Watashi wa Yasashi Nihongo o Hanasema. And so the point was, it was that there was complaints not by the Western tourists so much, but by the Korean tourists, that they've learned Japanese, they want to practice it, but they're being denied the opportunity by shop staff who are just looking to sell them whatever tat they can as quickly as possible. I would love to approach one of those people with the badges that say, like, I speak really simple Japanese, because presumably they do it to just kind of, like, explain where the bathrooms are and explain what souvenirs you could buy, but I would love to go up to one of them and be like, excuse me, who is deified at this shrine and why? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and see how far they could get with Yasashi Nihongo. Do you think this might be that Japanese people just don't know how Japanese sounds to non-Japanese people? That Japanese people don't appreciate the problems that we have? I can think of one example, which is my dentist in Japan uh, spoke absolutely fluent English for certain vocabulary words. And so he would speak mind-blowingly fast Japanese to me, but then occasionally replace some words with molar or incisor and so i was like these are obviously these are obviously the words which i know what i don't know is all of these uh, kind of technical terms which you're using to describe what on earth you're about to do to my molar yeah i think there's a question of how advanced your level has to be because if you're very very basic i don't think it matters if it's yasashi nihongo or more complicated japanese a lot of the examples of yasashi nihongo that i see i go well you're not going to understand that either. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the uh, the sentence Bobby said or uh, about day service. Yeah. So yeah. So if you don't know basic Japanese or uh, using Yasashi Nihongo is still very difficult. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, you need some Japanese at least. I think especially in like the customer service arena, it's got to be so difficult to try to balance getting your customers to understand what you're saying and maintain the Japanese traditional levels of politeness. Like Ali gave the example, like, which means in very polite Japanese, are you going to eat here? Meshiagaru is the very polite, honorable word for to eat, right? Now, if you don't speak much Japanese, you wouldn't get that at all. If you spoke a little Japanese, if they said, koko de taberare ka, you might recognize taberu and koko as the place and the verb for to eat. But a lot of times what Japanese employees end up doing is they just point and go, 
here, here, <laughs> which like you've crossed the line and now you're just kind of being rude and <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, for those people, I want uh, them to learn yasashii nihongo. Yeah. So if they speak koko de tabemasu instead of kochira de omishigari desu ka, right? So maybe most of people understand. Yeah. But they just skip yasashii nihongo and so they change mind to English and here, here, yeah. it's here. Right? So, yeah, <laughs> I want them to learn. Yasashi Nihongo. Maybe there's a sideline then for you to teach Japanese to Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big business actually now. Oh, really? Mm. Yes, yes, yes. There's, a, there's one more thing in the news about Yasashi Nihongo this week that I wanted to bring up. Um, they've developed an artificial intelligence fueled plugin. It's kind of like Grammarly. Do you know what Grammarly is? Ah, yes. So they correct or automatically. Yeah. Right. That's uh, English. Yeah, it's a it's a plugin, an AI plugin that suggests better wording or stronger wording or more grammatically correct wording when you're writing in English uh, in a word processor. So there's a Yasashi Nihongo plugin that they've just introduced for a word processor that can do a handful of things. One of those things is like Grammarly, it can automatically suggest changing more difficult jukugo to more explanatory phrases so like like instead of hinan it would be like abunai basho kara nigeru koto something something along those lines instead of saying the word evacuation they would change the phrase to escaping from dangerous places um the other things it can do is automatically add in hurigana the readings above kanji and then one of them that I love is uh, wakachigaki. Is that the right expression? The separating out visually, adding spaces in between certain words to help people parse the sentence when they look at it. Which is genuinely useful. Even foreigners, like when they're trying to read text, when they're looking at a block of text, when you get to an advanced level where you read kanji, kana, uh, katakana and hiragana, when you read all three relatively fluently, you can look at a block of text and say, this is a particle, this is a verb, this is a clause, this is where the sentence, these are where the parts of the sentence work. But if you're still learning, it can be very difficult to do that. And so this plugin allows people to add spaces, and it in the description it says, ego no yoni, just like in English adding spaces in between certain clauses or certain words to allow people to see the individual units of meaning. I think that's a great service. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, you know, Japanese sentence doesn't have space. So it's difficult to look up in your dictionary too, yeah. right? So yeah. This is much, much better. It's a much better alternative than what Japanese people have traditionally done up until now when writing a message to foreigners, which is to write the entire thing as a block of katakana. Oh yeah, I've I've had that uh, I've had that happen multiple times, and people think they're being helpful. Yeah. The, the main thing that annoys me actually is when they stick English words in when they don't think that I'll understand the Japanese word. But actually, in an email, if there's a word in kanji that I might not know, that's the easiest thing to Google. Yeah. Right? Because you, you can get a direct translation for that. You just it mouse over it and get, get a Rikai-chan or Rikai-kun. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there is a, a, an academic argument for the idea that foreigner speak is actually an important stage of the language learning process, just like baby talk, right? When you speak to a baby and you use baby talk, it's actually good for their formative language skills. And there is 
there is research that suggests that like talking to a foreigner in a simplified version of the language is important to help them get acclimated to the language and and progress to the next level. Problem is, although that might work, the difference is babies don't get offended and can't write Twitter threads on how they're being discriminated against. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's like I've I've always said, you know, if you really want to be fluent in Japanese, it's difficult because as we all know, the Japanese language uh, requires three things: hiragana, katakana, and condescension to foreigners. <laughs> Ako, do you have any uh, suggestions for people that might be listening who are in a position where they're speaking uh, Japanese to people who don't have Japanese as a first language, what are the kind of easy changes that you can make? When you're talking to somebody who's got a uh, lower Japanese proficiency level, what things are you careful to do when you're speaking Japanese to them? Yeah, actually, I know the curriculum of Japanese language. So if I think, oh, this person is this level, so I shouldn't use this grammar. Or I shouldn't use this grammar. Right. But the average Japanese yeah. person just doesn't know that this is an N3 grammar, this is an N5 mm. grammar. They just, I mean, I mean yeah. actually, in, Japanese people just don't really know what grammar is, right? Like, like I remember trying in, with a complete earnestness in my first trip to Japan, trying to say, how do you say the te form of this word? I, I, I didn't know how to say te form. I was like, uh, te no katachi, kono doshi no, te no katachi wa nandesu ka. I got, they, they just thought I was mad. I thought I was absolutely stupid. Well, <laughs> that's a situational issue as well, because as a language learner, in a situation where you're trying to use that language, you're thinking about it linguistically, and the person that you're talking to is not. And so if... Yeah. if They're like, what are you trying to get me to do? Yeah, if you said something that they don't understand, and then all of a sudden you start going, but not the causative form, and I mean like like the... <laughs> like, they're, they have no reference. They have no context for that. Yeah. Well, one thing that I've always advised Japanese people to do when speaking to foreigners is um, to repeat don't. themselves the first time. So like, Sorry. to repeat themselves the first time. So if, if you say Sorry, something... say that again? To repeat themselves at least three times to expect interruptions and just roll with it like it didn't happen. Um, so if you say something and somebody goes, what? Don't immediately try to rephrase it. First, say it again exactly the same way that you said it the first time. Yeah. So a lot of times if somebody says something I didn't understand, it'll be much easier for me to to actually kikitoru, to actually hear it and to process it the second time around than if they say something new the second time. Uh... And, and, and actually sometimes you know what you're listening out for the second time. Because you, you might hear, boro boro wa dousaremasu ka? You're like, right, if they say it again, I'm just going to focus on that first part of the sentence. Yeah. Mm. And also, I think some people think the particle is very difficult, so they try to cut the particle off, and like, koko tabemasu ka? Yeah. Koko tabemasu ka? Ah, yes, but yes, yes. if you say a full sentence, koko de tabemasu ka, actually it's more simple. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes, mm. koko tabemasu ka means are you eating chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so, I want to. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, what what mistakes do foreigners often make that makes their language completely non-understandable? Ah, you mean like tsukaimasu and tsukurimasu? Yeah. Something. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like suwate and sawate. 
That's a form of mistake. 座って and 触って。座ってください。Please sit down. 触ってください。Please touch me. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think the issue is that the average Japanese person in a conversation is not exercising critical thinking and is not going like, well, what did they possibly mean to say? So, do you think that one potentially overlooked part of Yasashi Nihongo is less about what Japanese people are saying to foreigners, but rather how they listen back? And actually, half of the work is training people to be kind listeners rather than kind speakers. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. So people should be a good listener. Yeah, learning to be a kind listener would be something that we could benefit from in America, where currently our equivalent of Yasashi Nihongo is something the government calls screw you English. <laughs> Hey, thanks very much for listening to this episode 52 of Japan by River Cruise. If you're new to this show, then you might not know that we release bonus bits every single week. All the stuff that didn't make the episode, you can download at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Japan by River Cruise. This week is no exception. Thank you so much to our guest this week. Akko, it was a pleasure talking to you. Can you tell our listeners where to find your content? Yeah, I share complete Japanese lessons on my YouTube channel for free. So, whether you are a beginner or advanced student, I can improve your Japanese. Even Bobby? Yes, even Bobby. <laughs> Thank、go. you so much for listening, everybody. Arigato gozaimashita. See you next week. Hey!